Welcome back to another episode of NBA at the Bar with your host, T.A. and G Money, bringing you all the highlights, talking mess, and all the plays you shouldn't have missed. What's up, everybody? This is NBA at the Bar. I'm your host. I'm T.A. And this is G Money. And we are brought to you by ATB Media Network and happy to be with you. Super excited. I hope everybody is feeling good. We got done with the end season tournament. It was a blast. But now we're into the thick of things. Now we're into the meat and potatoes of the season. And this is what I love because this is when we start that transition to see what the jockeying positions of the uh, playoffs are going to be. And so super fired up. So before we get started, let's sit over and talk about what we're drinking. I'm drinking my normal cognac, AKB6 cognac, super smooth. Mm. G, what are you drinking on? You know what? I have gone over to the the, the Shindag uh, single malt. <laughs> Still love J&B. Still love you, boo. But we on that Shindag. We on that Shindag, without yes, a doubt. Yes, Shindag, yes. And, and before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. I need you to do a couple of things for me. I need you to like. I need you to, to subscribe. And I need you to download these episodes because we are in every single place that you can find your podcast and also on YouTube. And so with that being said, G-Money. Yes, sir. As we get into this part of the season, um, what's also very exciting about this part of the season, we start seeing the front runners that are coming um, into the into um, that 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 special point in time of the season where we start really being able to identify who are going to be the front runners for MVP. And so I want to start it off for me looking at the stats thus far uh, up to this point in the season. Man, Luca has been absolutely crushing it. Luca sit over here and he's number two in scoring at 32. He's number uh, four, if I'm not mistaken, for um, assist with, with, with nine a game. And he's number four also in uh, three-pointers with averaging four three-pointers a game. So for me, the early season MVP is Luca. But how about you? You know what? Okay, look at you doing your homework. I, I like am. that. Well, uh, Luca's a good choice, no doubt. I think um, I, I even look at what he just did against the Lakers. So Lakers messed around and they won the end season tournament. And then Luca said, "I'm gonna go ahead and boo bop you at home. You, you, <laughs> you ain't gonna beat me though, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please believe it." And you know, uh, Luca is doing what Luca has done traditionally through his career at this point. So I'm not surprised at his numbers. I don't, in my opinion, I don't see him as the, uh, let's say, runaway front runner for MVP, but his statistics certainly garner that he should be in that argument because he is producing it. He's a a triple-double walking, okay? (laughs) That's what he is, and he's playing at a phenomenal level. And like I just said, he just beat my team, and he beat them – in a highly contested game in a team that is coming off of a high and he just did what he does. And he's doing this actually without his main wingman. So, you know, he got uh, a lot of uh, contributions from Hardaway and likely and Dante Exum actually is another guy that Mm -hmm. I thought that really has really stepped up Mm -hmm. for them for the past five or six games Mm -hmm. and has really produced, but you know, Luca is the straw. And he might be, yes, yes, he is. He might be the ice in the glass too, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he's gotten his team to galvanize around him and they're producing. So yeah, I I agree. He, he's that guy. What I like about, about this Dallas team is I think this Dallas team can go further than what they've done before, which I think really positions him for that MVP. I mean, obviously, Embiid is still playing at a very high level. We're going to talk a little bit about that shortly. Um, you know, there there are a lot of players. Shit, LeBron is sitting there. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron is at a very high level. AD, with that 40 and 20 game with five assists, has, has maybe positioned himself just outside of that circle. So there are a lot of players that are playing exceptionally well. We've talked about them throughout the weeks. But I really think Luke is sitting over here saying, I need to take this mantle. Everybody knows how good I am. Everybody knows how well-rounded I am. Yeah. I think he wants that MVP type of status because – 
he hasn't quite been able to grasp it because the team hasn't been that great around him. Yeah. And I think that's always held him back. But I think he has a team now that's going to put him in that upper echelon of top five, top six in yeah. the overall NBA that, that puts him in that conversation. You know what? I would just add to that. I said, I think that Luca just wants to win. And the, mm-hmm. the difference between, let's say, years past is, mm-hmm. yeah, every NBA player slash superstar wants to win and, and ultimately win the, the brass ring. Mm-hmm. But I think Lupa, Luca, excuse me, has Lupa. really, Lupa. <laughs> Luca has, he's, he's really just dedicated himself to the idea of this team could really be something and go somewhere and I'm the guy who's going to bring them there. And he's dedicated himself. Mm-hmm. I think he's in arguably maybe the best shape that we've ever seen him in. Right, because he's, he's never come in in great shape, right. Mm-hmm. He's he's just always been a guy who's had a, a skill set that has dominated most players. And so, you know, very similar to what we talked about with New Orleans before, it's like when we, when we, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of dog Zion because Zion was out of shape. I think Luca has done what the same thing he, he's done the, he's got himself into shape. Without a doubt. And so now what you're seeing is, is that, He's serious. He's he he wants to contend, mm-hmm. and he's starting to try and separate himself from the muck of let's say anywhere from the third position to the eighth position because they're all in that mud mm-hmm. of you know a differentiating uh, percentage of two to three games of between third and eighth place mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the West. The West is full of parity, but he is trying to separate himself. Hence the point of him even beating the Lakers because when they did that, they had this exact same record and mm-hmm. Luca just said, no, you're not going to beat me mm-hmm. in this round. You're not going to do it. I refuse. And I got to give him a little bit of credit for that. It's very uh, Larry Bird-esque. <laughs> it really I, is. I wouldn't go that far, but but I definitely understand the correlation. But you know, there, there's another team out there that kind of has that's adopted that same pers- uh, uh, mentality and that same focus for this year. And um, although they're not number one in their, in their conference, um, they're only two games behind, but Philly is really, really, really playing well. Now, A lot see, of people are sleeping on Philly mm-hmm. because of uh, uh, Milwaukee, because of the Celtics and Philly is just hovering uh, just below again, like I said, only two games back, but Philly is sitting over here and getting the job done. You know, they have the longest uh, or they have the highest um, uh, point differential in the entire NBA. You're talking about they're, they're winning uh, their point differentials at, at 10 points. And so that means that, you know, although they probably beat up on some very challenging teams, especially in the East, but but overall, this is a very healthy team. This is a team that, that that's really positioned uh, to, to, to ascend yeah, they are. to, to they the are. next level. And Embiid has not taken a single step back from last year MVP um MVP um yeah his status his, play, yeah, without yeah, a doubt yeah. so, so I'm agree. really excited about this team and with, with the onset of what we talked about before Maxi I think this team is going to sit over here and throw some elbows as we go through the rest of the season well you know it, it reminds me of what we even talked about I think in a previous week it might have even been last week because you know I, I remember you were a little bit concerned about a little bit mm-hmm. about Philly because Philly had they had one they they hadn't won against uh some uh some challenging matchups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I was trying to explain to you is that you know they had injuries that were really prevalent so Kelly Oubre came back he did. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that we all know that they are top heavy. They, 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 they need, are very top heavy. Yes, yes, they need Joel Embiid and they need Maxi to perform at an optimum level. And then after that, it's like, is it is it Harris? Harris needs to come in and he needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. But then after that, their rotation after that was Kelly Oubre, Morris, Nicholas Batum, those guys. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas, Nicholas Batum was out. Kelly Oubre was out, and those guys coming back have now just given them that little bit of a juice, that little bit of punch to really actually make them legit. Now, granted, their schedule has been a little bit soft, but it doesn't matter. The NBA is the NBA. You're playing against the best players in the world. And guess what? 
they have smacked everybody that has come up to them when those two guys came back. Oubre especially. Mm-hmm. They just whooped on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So they're they're legit. They are a threat. And I and I think having a soft schedule early is actually a a, a very good thing for teams. You know, Denver also has a soft, soft schedule early. And the reason why is because you can sit over and work out the kinks as teams change yes, year over create year. Create rhythm. Correct. Create that All rhythm of them. and sit over here and put themselves in a position that when the, the schedule does get more challenging, that they can that they have the ability to sit over and weather that storm, mm-hmm. sit over and come out ahead after having those those groupings of tough games games and, and that's that's ahead of them they've had a few a little bit of of that in the in the first in the first say quarter third of, of the season but in the second two-thirds of the season I think they're very well positioned outside yep. of injury with everybody being healthy that they can make a, a true push so yep. I'm super excited about Philly Joel Embiid you have to say him at, at, on the front end of this because look he is playing at he won the MVP last year. And he's playing, and he, at, the and same he's playing level. at the mm-hmm. same level. And that is an, a testament to him. It mm-hmm. is just like, man, if you're going to come out here and give me 30 and 15 every night, take well, it all day long. I'll take it all day long. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I don't think that I've seen numbers been as consistent from the center position since Shaq. I would agree. Yes. To, mm-hmm. to where he's really just he's a, he's I, displaying I'm, dominance. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm a monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this is a team that um, has had their ups and downs, have had to go through some regular modes. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's another team out there that's also gone through some very um, unique changes. You know, they. This team has sit over here and added players and completely made the team dysfunctional with the players that they've added. The Clippers now, after going through their early season trials mm. and tribulations, have now transitioned, uh, have found a great rotation uh, with Westbrook sitting over volunteering, going to the bench, Harden getting in his groove and finding his rhythm, finding what his place actually is on the team. He thought he was going to come in here and possibly be the old Harden, but the reality is, is he's playing the same role that he played with Philadelphia, which is much more the distributor. Yeah, and so that's what works with the Clipper team as it currently sits and. With everybody falling into their roles, now you see them ascending. They have the longest win shrink of any team in the NBA right now with six straight wins, and this is a team that's on the ascension. They obviously had the talent and just had to have those pieces be fitting um, in in the proper way for them to sit over here and make it happen, and that's what we're seeing now. I agree with that. Look, Ty Lue, you know, kudos to him. He's a great coach. He's a, a, a... a, a winning coach, mm-hmm. a championship winning coach. Mm-hmm. And so it was natural that he would get, say, align his troops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, he has figured out that uh, I, I think even you and I both were kind of questioning whether or not he should start Westbrook or have Harden come off the bench. And, and he elected to go with James well, Harden in the well, starting. Well, Westbrook actually volunteered because he knew of the writing on the wall, but yes. Yes. That was yes. coming no but, matter but what. The, but it was logical mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now that you're seeing them in their, let's say, in their full throat of rhythm now, is I've always questioned the Clippers and I've always said that the Clippers will find a way to clop, but they have not been clopping. I think they this might be not. the season that, that, that they might be able to um, graduate beyond the clopping. And sit over here yeah. and really put themselves in a position to be a threat. I think this is a legitimate Western Conference final. They absolutely um, are threat. They absolutely are it, because now what you're seeing is is that you're seeing the ascension of uh, and the reintroduction of Powell mm-hmm. in that in that rhythm and then that rotation. Mm-hmm. He's playing at a very high level, Most definitely. And I think that that is also because of the playmaking ability of James Harden. And James, and now he's got, so even when you have Paul George who's gotten injured and then he's even had to go away for, let's mm-hmm. say, a game or two, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because they know, and Kawhi is healthy. So you have 
they've had traditional uh, injuries that have happened and has always plagued that team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now what you have is a consistent playmaker in James Harden, and he will always be the quintessential point guard who will get them in and out of their sets effectively, whether or not they're going in transition or half court. Mm -hmm. They are a, a danger at every point. And now you have Kawhi, who was consistently healthy, that whatever was plaguing him with that quadricep and that knee. I don't think he's that, missed the game this I, season. I, I think that he is he he is might be full throated, which right. is a scary thing for the league. Without a doubt. If it, look, he looks dangerous. Mm -hmm. And he's even more dangerous when you have the playmaking ability of James Harden to just deliver him the ball. I mean, they they really look scary. And then, you know, it, listen. Theus, uh, 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 or, or excuse me, what is it? Is it Tyus? I think it's Tyus. Tyus, Tyus, yeah. Tyus coming off of the bench for them mm -hmm. and giving them good quality minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, they look solid. So as much as I, as a Laker fan, just say, ah, the Clippers, uh, they, <laughs> they will find a way to clap. Right. But it's hard to argue right now. Without a doubt. Now, this is definitely a testament to Ty Lue. And, and I saw a great quote about Ty Lue about how a coach has to be very even keeled. Like, there can't be any highs, there can't be any lows, because the team is right. going to feed off of that. And so if you get frustrated when times are down, when they can see it weighing on the on the coach, then the then the players will sit over here and the, Yeah, they'll, they'll emanate that. Yeah, they'll reflect that. They'll reflect that. And so one thing I love about Ty Lue is he remains consistent. He understands that this is a long season, it's 82 games, mm -hmm. and that, like, the, the the playoffs aren't made in the first quarter of the season. No uh, doubt. They, for damn sure, are one. You're not going to get to the championship on what you do here. What you do in the first 25% uh, of the first quarter uh, of the season is you have to sit over and figure out what the proper rotations are, who plays best with who, mm -hmm. and how that's going to sit over here and unfold itself. And then you give uh, them consistent minutes. And then you give them consistent minutes, and you have a consistent rotation. Yes, and they so, know their roles. Correct. And so you, when you take your time to sit over and figure that out, which is what he's done, now people are falling into their roles and getting comfortable in them. And then it just becomes about mastering and becoming great in that individual role. So kudos to him. Kudos to that whole entire team because, again, yep. as you know, I'm a, I'm a Clipper fan, and I'm yes, excited I <laughs> to sit over here and see this team with all the potential, all the uh, the hoopla that was made when Harden was straight there, and then they fell straight on their faces, that the team didn't panic, the coach didn't panic, the players didn't panic, and that they allowed themselves to work through this, get right on track, and be ready to ascend. So you know, excited. the only thing that I like about this at the end of the day is that it's, it's it's like I want to be like West Side, West Side, yeah, without a doubt. You know, it's, it's the, the, yeah, man. Between Westbrook, between uh, mm -hmm. Paul George, Kawhi, mm -hmm. uh, and, and James Harden, mm -hmm. like th they remind me of the guards that we we all kind of like grew up with, and there was a whole bevy of them mm -hmm. that were really good. And and you know, I even go harken even back all the way to Reggie Miller. There was just always these guards that were the East Coast always got all the love, but I always felt like the meat and potatoes of guards mm -hmm. were in the West Coast, mm -hmm. and they are representing that mantra very well on Without that team. Without a doubt. They really are. Without a doubt. So it, it, I love it from that perspective, but as a Laker fan, I'm like booing by humbug. I, I, I still just, I'm a Clipper hater, but you know what? They're going to um, – they have the potential mm -hmm. to be a shock and awe team. They, they, mm -hmm. they could just be not the narrative that anybody's talking about, and then they can end up having the ring in the end because that's how good they look. And they look great. And, and then we have a lot of young teams that have ascended early, and let's see what happens – 20, 30 games from now, yeah. when, when now we're 50 games in and the season begins wearing on you, your yeah. body begins to sit over here and break down a yeah. little bit. And, 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 then, and them going full on out and not really knowing how to measure themselves and how to sit over here and go with the ebbs and flow of the season. Let's see where this team will be 25 games from now. And I yeah. guarantee you, they'll be in, in a greater position than they are now. I, 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 I agree.
I agree. So, so talk about we agreeing too much though. We, we, we're agreeing <laughs> right now, and that's rare. Look, 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 usually, look. you on some other shit. Yeah, I know, but but, but I, I love it. I love that we're agreeing, and, and when the reason why we're agreeing is because this this season is, is playing out in a way that that things are kind of. Um, overt and kind of out there and kind of deliberate it's not that we're kind of guessing it's not kind of like this is what we're prognosticating we're seeing things literally formulate themselves and we're seeing that with the miami heat you know miami heat is is a bit of team that's kind of started slowly but always gotten there uh when it comes to playoff time getting the playoff time then they're a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs and and traditionally it takes a little bit longer for them to get in the position that they are now but but the miami heat have made a complete uh 180 turn from where they started the season off they started the season Mm. off very 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 slow and and now they've made their run and they've made their run early which is nice Mm -hmm. and not doing it late because if you make your run early then it's not about just getting in it's about how high you can get Mm -hmm. and so i think miami is kind of in that position now to where they've positioned themselves to where they're just outside the window but they're only a game outside of that window and they can start playing the game of how high i can get um by the time we get to the all-star break and yep. then and then really be positioned once I, we I get to that you. all-star all-star break to sit over and make and jump into that maybe top four top five of the eastern conference they're they're, they're always scary mm-hmm. look the you know how uh, all of us who have played ball we know we we have this you know so-and-so basketball t-shirt you know, <laughs> that we wear. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is the brand. This mm-hmm. is the the essence of what it is that we deliver as a product mm-hmm. to you, the masses. It's like, this is our brand of basketball. And Miami Heat basketball has been about winning. And, you know, the, from the, 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 the tree of Pat Riley has come this team mm-hmm. and, and, you know, their coach. The DNA of Pat the, Riley runs in this team. It, deep. it, it, deeply. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, was it Jacquez? Jacquez, yeah. yeah Jacques, man. I'm going to bring him up. Jacquez has done a great job man. in terms of filling in for for, uh, for, for, for Tyler Hero. For, yes. So, it, you know, and the f- funny thing is, is that we all thought that when they, when they lost Tyler Hero and, you know, and then Robinson, who was, was a three-point threat – naturally but even he got hurt mm-hmm. but Jacquez has just come in here and he's been like a like a a, a baby version of Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler. Mm-hmm. just in terms of the 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 things that he does the playmaking that he produces mm-hmm. it's it's impressive mm-hmm. and then him doing that with Tyler Hero going down because that was a devastating let's say blow to that team mm-hmm. because they've been thin mm-hmm. so you got to give them a lot of love on on just their 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 mantra, their their the the moxie of the team. Yeah, what makes it interesting is now we realize because they've been pushing Tyler Hero for a trade. Yeah, you we were like, why would you Which want is to trade Tyler Hero? Dumb as hell well, to well, me. But but see, the thing is, is now we know why. Because they knew what they had in Jack West. They knew mm. that they had a player that was going to be able to step in that had a, a little bit more grit. I think he has a little bit more grit when you're comparing him to our man that that um, with Jimmy Butler. That yeah, Jimmy, he's got he's got he's like he's like a mini Jimmy. He's like a mini Jimmy. But what I'm saying is, is that individuals that have that type of grit. And I and to be perfectly honest, I know Tyler Hero, Hero is skilled, but I, I've never. Um, felt that he was the most grittiest player. And so when you have Jacquez that can come in here and fill that role and have that grit that works more symbiotic with that team, mm. you know, from, from from the GM, from Pat Riley on down, that's what really uh, works the best. So now I'm understanding why they were sitting over here ready uh, and prepared to trade Hero. You know what? The only thing that I will say is that Tyler Hero is a score first, score first guard. That is it. And the reason why you still want him is because he still plays defense and he's young. So those two intangibles are really valuable on your team, especially if you're, you know, being heavy on Bam and you're being heavy on um, uh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. 
So no, you that, need but, that. But, but we understand why they were trying to tra- or why they were comfortable with Agreed. trading him. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And, and, but yes, if there is something that is an asset that will make maybe bring some semblance of value to your team, yeah, you have to trade Tyler Hero. But now he's more of an ascension. So that when you bring in Martin and Martin is playing that stretch mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. at a very uh, highly capable level, just would even propel them to the finals mm-hmm. is you have now two guys mm-hmm. that are coming off of whether they're starting or coming off your bench that are really viable. So then when you add he- hero back in now, you you cook him with grease. Now we got something. Now <laughs> but, we got but, something. But still, the lifeblood of that team is Jimmy Butler. Oh no doubt. And Bam, out of bio. Yeah, yeah. No, that, and go without without question. Those are the two. Let's say you know gangsters on that team. But those guys are actually like they're falling into the Miami Heat way, mm-hmm. and they're just producing. Now, I think a Miami Heat, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, is a quintessential team that could, that is uh, maybe one player away from really enhancing this stew, really really turning this from a soup to a gumbo mm. and really sitting over here and putting uh, some I like the gumbo reference. <laughs> and Oprah. putting a little flavor in that bad boy. <laughs> so super excited about that. And speaking of flavor, you know, we got a man out there that, that that's a little bit too strong. You know, sometimes the flavor can be a little bit too strong and be a little bit overwhelming. Mm. And we got a player out there that uh, we all know and love. Um, but, but, but my man is tripping a little bit. And, and I didn't uh, want to leave, sure yeah, leave the show with this because, you know, everybody's talking about it. And obviously, we have to address it. But the reality is, is uh, you know, our man Draymond, Draymond is tripping. I don't. I don't know if he's sitting over here suffering from some CTE. I don't know what's going on with my uh, man. But but Draymond is. Um, you know, when you sit over here and have three infractions in, in the span of something like ten days or something like that, or, uh-huh. or ten games. I forgot. You know what I what I read. What the what the ratio was. But but we we've seen a, a very consistent pattern in a very short period of time that now has people questioning his mental health. And I don't think it has anything to do with his mental no. health. I just think I just think that that he's a little bit um, more of a jack. I think he's uh, he's a little bit more honorary as he's getting a little bit older. And I think when you when you when you give a two piece and a biscuit um, on camera, that 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 I think he saw himself sit over here and not pull out. That 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 maybe he started filling himself a little bit too too much. Um, well, you know what I think. So what I find interesting about Golden State, and you know, this is how I almost I would say the degradation of Camelot because they had a perfect <laughs> storm, right? Yeah. Um, the thing that about Draymond is Draymond was always the the shit starter mm-hmm. on that team, mm-hmm. and it worked really well because he knew how to play make and does and not I shouldn't even say in the past tense he does he effectively knows how to how to play make and to execute and deliver the ball to his shooters being mm-hmm. uh Clay Thompson and Steph he's the, a refined Dennis Rodman yes yes he's a that's a perfect segue analogy mm-hmm. he is a refined Dennis Rodman the thing that I think is he has been rewarded for being a jack they won the championship the two, three, two or three they seasons ago. That's a team without any um, um, rough edges. Yes. And so he provided that rough edge. And so if he could be the cover or be the embodiment for the team of the rough edge, then they wanted to sit over here and, and, and galvanize around that, galvanize yes. with that. And for the sake of the audience, in simple terms, you know, winning basketball, you need a little bit of everything. You need a, somebody who is going to be tough enough to uh, be a real legitimate opposition to the superstars that are on that you're fighting against. So the thing of the Showtime Lakers, Rambus played that role. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and I, I and and you know what? And they had it. The the just speaking to the Lakers. They had it in spades. They had it with Kareem. Kareem was a Even very disciplined, mm-hmm. tough guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had it in Magic Johnson. 
The thing about the Golden State Warriors is the quintessential tough guy on their team that when things got tough and we needed to get a stop, it was Draymond. It was. It, it, it just it, it was. Do a, um, and Andre Iguodala. Yes. I think that those were the quintessential guys, and they would hit clutch shots, and that allowed everybody else to continue to flow because there's a certain attitude that comes in competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, that being said, Draymond has been rewarded for that, and it which, is gone Which emboldens it. Which it emboldens, yes. like, his bad behavior his was risk. rewarded. When you sit over and boobop your teammate, and then you sit over here and get That's, an extension yes. with a player option, you've been rewarded for that behavior. So yes. then it emboldens it. it. It sits over here and gives a sense of, I'm doing the right thing. And only, and, and I don't think that he has any mental issues. I just think it's been a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. Look, this is a person who is a very extremely wealthy individual who has won multiple championships. What can you tell him? What do they say? Money doesn't make a, a, a person better. Money sits over here and just... It, he, it, 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 it accentuates it, what they, it, what they, they inherently already are. are. Correct. So, But what he inherently is has bred itself to championship ilk. The thing is, is now he doesn't understand. And we've heard this actually in, let's say, other commentaries that he may not understand where he is going a bridge too far. He doesn't understand where he might be crossing the line. And I think that the league and the fact that the degradation of their talent overall Mm -hmm. on that team and the struggles of that team Mm -hmm. has exposed him a little bit more. So where his antics are now being heightened. So you can't do some of the things that you've been doing because you're not beating everybody by 30. And you don't have the best team in the league. So when you do these things, it it starts to look more magnified. And now we're looking at you in a different lens. In a different light. You know, what I do know is that in certain teams, when you've had these situations crop up, they usually come from teams that are a little bit softer. And Mm -hmm. the individual that's acting up is the badass on that team. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality is, especially in old school in our day, that there was another player that would sit over here and be able to counteract that behavior through checking it. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody sitting over and standing up to uh, a Draymond in the locker room and saying, you've gone a bridge too far. I don't, th- I don't they, think they have that. Well, well Draymond <laughs> is the toughest individual on, on that team. Andre has since retired, who he would have maybe been an individual to step just up. Just say, and, hey, bro, you know, calm down. Or, or sit over and or, say, or, or hey, you're, you're out of control. Yeah, don't and, do and, that. And read him the riot act and don't have to worry about getting punched in the mouth. Yes. That team doesn't have a player on the, on the squad that can sit over here and stand up to Draymond uh, uh, without the fear of getting stuck in the mouth. But you know what? In defense of him, the only thing that I don't like that is now the narrative is that when people in, in, in social, in, let's say not even social media, just general media mm-hmm. start to talk about Draymond and they say, oh, okay, well, now he needs therapy. He needs help. The, the the trigger word now is help. Mm-hmm. Help is relative to him understanding that he is going overboard. It doesn't mean that he is, um, let's say, mentally um, fragile or that he is not astute in understanding the ramifications of his actions. It's just now he needs to understand that this is going to hurt your bottom line, sir. This is going to hurt your pockets. You Not need just to his pockets, reel it his back. Legacy. Yes, that's what I you feel was really back is the for greatest those impact reasons. to him. This this man, it, without these recent last six in the last what fifteen months, six infractions. We we were looking at probably a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. We were looking at an individual that could have gone on and been a great media person. And I still and I still think that he could do all of those things. He just needs to understand. Well, let's see what that third act is going to be. Yes, he just needs to understand that you're you're now impacting that. So you need to. Uh, allow all of the positive attributes that you have to shine through over these other actions because now these other actions are ruling the day. And just scale that back. Well, this this is what I feel is he's lucky he's not playing on a team with Kobe 
or Charles Oakley mm. or Ron Artest because he would have been uh, not with Kobe per se, but he would have been popped in the mouth with some of these realer dudes. But who, you know what, who was rougher and tougher than Charles Oakley? I I, I think that he would have been. Uh, <laughs> Xavier McDaniels, yeah, yeah. there's a player out there pedestrian that, that, uh, that, that would have checked this behavior on, from an now. individual like this. Like, like, he's not great enough and he's not big enough and he ain't strong enough to sit over and check some of the individuals in the league yeah. that have played I get that, that would not have allowed that to take place. I, I get that. You know what, he, he is the tough guy on Golden State. He is the guy who allows that when they go up against certain opponents that they say, Hey, you know what? He's a problem. We, we, we need to, we need to at least be worried about him. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, is just, it it may be just based on fame. We don't know definitively, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's just, he's gone a bridge too far. And now it's gone to a point to where he's hurting his team. Correct. And Lord knows that I know he doesn't want to hurt his team. No. He wants to win. Mm-hmm. And the, the passion that that man has is unparalleled. You, everybody it, wants and a Draymond Green. And it's propelled the team yes. to higher heights. Everybody wants a Draymond Green on their team. Mm-hmm. And he needs to understand when he has gone too far. And the league is letting him know. So, it, you know, unfortunately, this is happening to him, but he has brought it on himself because some of the actions that he's done has just been unnecessary. So here's what Twist says. This is an individual player that I believe that is going to be traded at the end of the season. I hope he gets traded to the Lakers. I was just about that. Ooh, you took the words God. out of my mouth. You bring this man to the Please, Lakers. That Lord brings, Jesus. That brings a, 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 an additional sense of, uh, of toughness. And urgency. And, 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 and yeah. kind of kind of makes AD be a little bit tougher. Oh, my God. Because AD's going to be t- scared that he gets sucked in the mouth. Let Golden say mess up and let that happen. But LeBron being strong enough and having a great enough presence to, to keep him um, – um, Oh, my God. We kinda, will, we, we'll kinda, win three in a row if we get if we get Draymond so, Green. So, so I would really love the Lakers to sit over and have some wherewithal and understand that this is an opportunity and that the, the team has a big enough stars, has big enough people to, to, to bring him into the fold to, to really complete – completely enhance the dynamic oh and the God. presence yes. of the Laker organization. Yes. But, but we'll see on that. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Hello. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> now, now, speaking of another man's treasure, you know, a lot of people might find offense in terms of uh, John Morant and, and some of his... Um, um, and the antics that has the happened antics to and tomfoolery sure. that, 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 sure. that he's participated in. Um from what I can see thus far in terms of this season, I do see a level of contriteness. I do see a level of maturity in him. And you know what? I'm getting excited. We're only, you know, several games away mm. from, from him getting back in. And so, you know, speaking of the, the NBA bad boys, we got your, uh, John Burray yeah. coming back. What are your yes, thoughts on that? Well, you know, it, it, of course it remains to be seen, but, you know, John Moran is a bad boy. I think that if you just looked at what he did last year, um, even in defeat, you know, the, the Lakers smacked up Memphis, but John Morant was still a scary guy, mm-hmm. even in loss. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, at the end of the day, that what his his character, his his grit, his ilk is, is that he is a winner and he will produce at a high level. So then when you bring in, um, you know, all of his uh, supporting cast, when you talk about, uh, I think it's Bane, mm-hmm. uh, him and Bane, he, he's going to make him look better. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about Marcus Smart, whenever, uh, you know, almost like, you know, Marcus is coming from Boston where he's wicked smart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when Marcus Smart comes back, mm-hmm. Whenever that day comes, mm-hmm. they will be very formidable. I don't know because they've I wouldn't lost. use the word formidable because the reality is, is I see a team that it, it's so funny. We all make fun of, of Dylan that he ain't that good, but we see the impact that he's made on the Houston Rockets. Sure. And, and so losing sure. losing that impact when 
because I think he was kind of overshadowed by John Moran, but he's an integral part of that team. And I don't think they were able to 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 replace him and replicate what what, what that same I, impact I agree. Would be on I team. agree in terms of what we've seen thus far. But if we're going to just say guess in future prognosticate. The thing that John Morant, John Morant is probably going to have to put up ridiculously uh, obscene numbers. And then what people will be scared about is if they manage to get themselves into that 10th or 9th seed, maybe even the 8th seed, where they they can be in the playing tournament. Because they've lost so many games now that Mm -hmm. for them to get higher is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But if they, if John Morant comes back and then he's able to, let's say, galvanize the troops, get his, you know, just last year defensive player of the year to mm-hmm. come with him, mm-hmm. and then get Bain to just drop that thirty, and and then all of a sudden they're they're going to be kick, clicking, that they could sneak into that tenth or ninth slot, and then they could just maybe just maybe get into the playoffs and if they get in the playoffs then obviously they would have to face a a Denver or a Minnesota I I think the playoffs is a waste of this team I think this team needs to sit over here and really figure out all the components that they have there and who needs to, to remain and who needs to go for next year and what exactly are they missing to sit over here and actually get themselves to where they were last year because okay. this is not a, a this team last year wasn't an hc you understand what i'm saying that this team was better than that and i, I don't agree. think that dylan was the determinant on if they were no he, he or he, a better he, seed he i think he, he was an addition he didn't he didn't move the needle but the no he is, did but he didn't move the needle Enough. significantly so 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 you this season because it it almost has been lost because they, they've lost so many games thus far I really think that this needs to be a season that you prove exactly um it's a proof source of exactly what are going to be the proper components around John Morant yeah and now when you have a more mature more um dialed in focused star Yes. And then you you surround them with the three or four players that are going to sit over here and and be there for the long stay. And then now you're only looking for one or two players to couple with those two. And now you have a team that can be right there back where OKC is. Basically, you got to remember they were where OKC was last yes. year. Yes, the the the, the, the teams that flipped. And so um, you're not going to get there this year. So why even sit over here and make that your 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 focus and, and your, your what you're determined to do. So and, and change the focus in terms of not this year, but for 2005 season. Okay, so what I would say, just as a competitor, I think John Morant has probably been chomping at the bit mm-hmm. to get back in. But one player is not going to do, it, especially on the I, West. Okay, I I don't disagree with that. Uh, what I would say is is that John Morant is not going to have that logical. Uh, let's say breakdown that you just but he don't run the team. The coach does, and the general manager does. So, so I think they need to sit over here and structure it in that way. The only thing that I would say is is that John Morant needs to decide what his team's season will be, because he may just say, you know what, damn, next year we're going to go for it. And let me show you what we look like when I'm here. And I believe that's the immaturity that I hope that he's grown above and beyond. Now, I okay, you say immaturity. I think that it's promise. It's It, it could be immaturity. Absolutely. But the thing that I cannot take away from the man is, you know what? He may perform at a level to change the narrative. He may perform at a level now that he but has been. But we've seen him perform at that level, so we know he can. No, but we haven't seen him perform this season. See, the funny thing about the NBA is every season has its own organic little mix to it. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord knows, I would have not have been talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> at all, but right. they're number one or number two in the league. Mm-hmm. Nor, Lord knows, I would not have been talking about the okay, Orlando see. Magic. Or the or Orlando OKC. Magic. Mm-hmm. So 
so the funny thing is there's just enough games because this is not at the all-star break right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's just enough games to where can he bring his team Brack into a, a, a position of relevance, even though they have been getting smacked by the league every time, boop, 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 all the time. Mm-hmm. They've been getting smacked. Mm-hmm. So can he bring his team? And will he bring that narrative back up to where we can at least entertain the possibility of them being a, a, a potential playoff threat? I think that 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 would be his goal. Well, he can play with his heart desires. I think the, the the leadership of the team needs to understand the big picture. And the big picture is that this season is probably gone. It's probably a wash. So 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 let's I, sit I don't over here and that. let's set up for the next two or three seasons following this season. And if there's You smart, sound like a GM. Well, <laughs> something like that. Yes. Yeah, you doubt. sound like a GM. That because that's a GM sense. That's, that, a, GM that, that's a GM's perspective. Right. Without a doubt. My my playing days are long gone. I'm like yeah. I'm like I'm like Booth with uh with, with the Denver Nuggets. I'm sitting over looking at the business side of it. I'm looking at the long term mm-hmm. side of it. But 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 with that being said, you know, um I want to talk about a couple more teams that are that that are are, are tickling my fancy, that, that are getting me a little bit excited. You know, I, I had the opportunity to live in New York City a few years ago, and there was nothing greater than my first day getting into that city and and staying at the uh, the New Yorker, which is just about a block away from Madison Square Garden. Mm. And, and in my very first day landing in the city, I'd never been there before, and I'm just moving there. Never been to the city before, and being able to walk down the block and sitting over here and going to see the the Madison Square Garden and you know the Knickerbockers, my you New know, York the, Knickerbockers. The, 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 the very first game I, I went to with my wife, she sit over here and surprised me with some uh, tickets to the um, the to New the, York Knickerbockers to the, to the Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, they went into double overtime in that game that she took me to. It was such huh. a phenomenal game, and being in Madison Square Garden, that in that energy and that environment that's in there, and just in the overall city. Right. And so when we look at the Knicks, I, I, that 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 team is now um, like literally playing. In, in, in a way, you know, we, we see Brunson sitting over here putting up 50. Yep. I mean, something special was happening here. I can't put my finger on it. I know. But I know something special was happening. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Okay, because, you know, I, I like my, I like I, I, my, I like the Knicks, man. I know. Okay, so, yeah, Jalen Brunson is, he's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like a Swiss Army knight. Mm-hmm. That dude he might not be the fastest. He's certainly not the tallest, but he's a problem. He's going to give it to and you. And he yes. can get in space, and he finds a way to gadget yeah. himself to get into space, and he can deliver, mm-hmm. and he does it consistently. And he gets to the line. Yeah. He gets to the hey, line. That is so lost with so many teams in this new era of the NBA of how important. It's so funny. Harden made, made his career off of getting to the line, and, and people – Talk so much shit about him sitting over here and flailing and faking and and acting, but but that, the ability to get to the line, yes, is so powerful. No matter what era we're and in, you have to hit special. when you get there. Mm-hmm. And, and so, okay, so then you have him, uh, Julius. Uh, just from him being drafted from the Lakers, I've always followed him, mm-hmm. but I think that he's finally maturing in himself. Mm-hmm. He's maturing, and then, yes, and then, as a player. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. and then Hardenstein, you know, the funny thing is Robinson getting hurt, it was uh, certainly a blow because I think that that was a natural contributor to their team. Mm-hmm. But Hardenstein is a little bit more of a playmaker at center. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. him being there, then you have Hart, who's also a playmaker, they have good complimentary good, pieces. Very yes. good mm-hmm. complimentary pieces. I really am excited about what it is that they'll do. This just the Knicks when they play the teams that are the allotted high powered offensive teams. Sometimes they shrink, and and the reason why and, and what scares me about this team is that there's no superstar. Well, no, 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 no. Well, as no, much as we Brunson love, as might much be. As we, as, well, that's a might. 
and Randall was supposed to be it. But again, it's levels to this superstar shit. Okay. We have KD superstar. We have Steph superstar. We yeah, he's not on that LeBron. level. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. and, and again, there are only so many of these players that can go around. Yeah. So the he's reality not gonna go is, is that there's some players, oh, there's some teams that are just going to be devoid of that level of superstar. And so all you can do is sit over here and, and have a composite of a team with a, with as many players as you can that are just below that superstar level to get you there. And this kind of yes. it kind of fits that that deal. Yes. But what happens is is when you don't have one that's like knocking at the 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 the, the glass ceiling yes. of getting into that superstar level is when they do play those teams that have a superstar too, because you know this is a star yes. superstar led league. That if you don't have that that quintessential superstar, that's and we thought Randall was that, and I don't quite believe he's there. No. I think he's maybe here, but he's great with yeah, Brunson yes. and with all the people that you've discussed. They're still a you know great you know you know if MB would have been traded there. Ooh. Oh, no, without a doubt. But the thing is, um, the New York Knicks have invested themselves emotionally and financially into R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett... He's never... I thought he was going to be great. And he... I, I mean, we haven't spoken on him yet since you brought no, him up. No, no. You know what? And maybe shame on me. I have intentionally left him out. I would love to see him on the Lakers. Well, here's the thing about R.J. R.J., he has all the physical tools mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be great. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. He is not Jimmy Butler. He's not cut from the same cloth. And But the New York Knicks are expecting him to have an evolution to the, to the same, let's say, level as you, you, a Jimmy Butler. You know, and he you know what, hasn't done you know, it. You know what that mistake is? You can't get somebody from Duke. And expect them to have a Jimmy Butler mentality. Well, that's but that's what happen. they that's what well, they that's, were expecting. That's a problem, and I and I hope you, as being a Knicks fan, didn't expect that either. No, hell you, no. You, I'm, you on, I'm on you, Brunson. You can't I'm come from Brunson. Duke. Duke is is a cup is a level below Ivy League, and you're not going to sit over there and find that Jimmy Butler cut from that cloth that that, that, that with a level of gangster yeah. within them. You, you know that you, dog within yes. them. Yes, it's not going to happen. You know what? You know what? I. I really do like R.J. Barrett, but he reminds me more of like he's like a Rick Fox. And Rick Fox insult. had some dog in him. And Rick I Fox, think, and I don't think look, R.J. Barrett. Rick Fox had some dog, and he took a couple of fades in the tunnel look, with, with Christie. Oh, look, I, I wouldn't say look, that's a little look, bit. Uh, I that, look, that. I would say that R.J. Barrett hasn't made it to Rick Fox's level because our listen, Rick Fox with all his pretty locks, he shaved them off. <laughs> he shaved them off and was like, and he slapped the ground. And it's like. Yeah. I'm going to D up Peja Stoyakovich. Right. Okay? I have not seen that level of dedication come from R.J. Barrett. No, not at all. He has not gotten to that level. So, quite frankly, can you get to a Rick Fox level? You have not proven that in the league yet, sir. And and being such a a high draft pick, it's a shame that you have that talent, you have that pedigree, and that you can't rise up to that level. And it will it will either be a switch that's made within him internally, or he'll never get there. It's yeah, one and, or the other. And, and and it remains to be seen because I think that that it's within him. It's just it's inconsistent. And well, and well, 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 you're so funny. We talk about thing. inconsistencies. He comes from the same crop as Zion. Come from the same world. Mm. And, and, and you understand what I'm saying when you talk about. Having that dog in you coming from a Duke, coming from that Ivy League, coming from or that pseudo Ivy League, coming from that conference with UNC is not what it was when we were young. It's not what it was with with, with Danny Hurley and and Christian Leitner and, and, you know, cats that really sit over here. Yeah, and we'll get ain't there anymore. Yeah. You, You understand what I'm saying? It's a different world that these cats came from and they just don't. It's not embedded and embedded in them, and so the, the reality the, the, is the, what we. What, he's what he we, has the talent, though. Correct, but he went to the wrong school. Oh, you that's had to, what you're you had to say? be. A, you had to be led in your in your 
in your in, in your in your young years, in your in your punitive years, to sit over here and have that embedded in you, and he just unfortunately didn't have. Well, it. you know what, being a, a person that is a prodigy from let's say uh, from Mike Shashevsky, it's very difficult to say that that you didn't you didn't get it. But what to your point though is he has to do it on this level. And to this point, he's been inconsistent. He's been so, inconsistent because, so, he did, because he doesn't have a fight. He okay. doesn't have a... Uh, now, I, I don't want to put that on But Randall does. I think Randall does. Yes, Randall does. Randall does. Imagine uh, get Randall, Randall's heart in him with he, that talent. Oh, monster. my God. He would monster. be a monster. Mm-hmm. Um this is, but you know, this is why I like the Knicks. They're they're like a sexy pick because it's like a there's a big if factor. If shit could if, come together, if, if it could all come if, together, if. oh my god! Because Hart Hart has it. Hart is just not as talented as correct as, as mm-hmm. uh, yes. R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. But but I could lock him up right now at forty six. I lock him up. <laughs> oh look at you! Look at you! Wolf I'm it. just joking around. I know. I but yeah, I, I feel you. It's like it's kind of like we shall see with right. them. But you know what? I'm not even sure if they're the best team in New York. And how and, about that? And how about that? And, and I know you've been high on this team. You've been begging us to talk about them. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, British nice BK, Brooklyn stand up. <laughs> the reality is, they is Brooklyn might be is that. making a run, and, and that team is formulating itself and coalescing itself um, to sit over here and be somebody that we have to pay attention to, yep. even without the, the, their main star, which is um, Ben. Oh, Ben. I'm talking about Ben. Ben, Ben. Well, look, I, I actually, I, I will disagree with you. I, I, allow me <laughs> to disagree. Um, I actually think that uh, Cam Thomas, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and you love all you love all the teams that just have the, the just the, the the fighters, you know. And, and again, and, and I mean no disrespect, but. You sit over here, and the players that you love are just like who you were as a football player. <laughs> it's just they're fighters. But like you said, we're fighters and had grit, and we're going to sit over there and mix it up. You love teams that have players like that. So all I will say is, is you know what? I don't think Simmons is really the guy on that team. The guy on that team is Mikael Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is—he's the one who went to the finals with Phoenix. That's true. He's the dude. He is the straw. So when you talk about him, you talk about Spencer Dinwiddie. Those are them dudes. And then they got Cam Johnson that comes off of the—you uh, know, actually he's a starter. But the, and then him and Claxton. So they're all like say the the quote unquote. B guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not like A guys. They're not the ones who average 30, but they're all guys who could mm-hmm. get 30 at any given time. Mm-hmm. So when you have those guys, and then I think amongst them is Mikael Bridges is the gangster. They just beat Phoenix. He went back and saw his team, and he messed around and won. He, he, he beat the the power three uh this week and they've won i think like seven out of the last 10 games this week that are are, are over the course Mm -hmm. of two weeks so brooklyn is like we here to stay and guess what we them dudes church on the move i I agree with you wholeheartedly and it's impressive to see where they've galvanize himself too and i i'm actually of the belief that if ben simmons can come back and choose to be a force choose yeah. to sit over here and see because theoretically he he should be the best player mm-hmm. he should be he should be but but, but he I, always I, got an owie well he always has an owie now what the beautiful thing is is that you you have him if he can come back if he chooses to come back 
with Michael Bridges and the other components around it. Here's where a twist is, <laughs> is that I just don't know if this team um, has the homogeny, has the, you know. The, oh, that's a really fancy word, homogeny. I just don't know if they have that. Oh, to, man, to I, be I really a, like that a, word. A competitor this year. And I think that this was a team that was set up to um, – Howell was set up to 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 have Ben Simmons as part of the equation. Yeah, and, and what I think that is, what what they can do is they can sit over here and kind of formulate what this team needs to be in the future. Yes, without Ben Simmons being a part of the equation, and and, and then structure the team around that. And then if Ben Simmons chooses to play, then he can be the sprinkles on top. Yeah, he would. He's certainly the icing on top. Mm-hmm. He is not the meat and potatoes. I think they've already established that. And maybe they even thought that going in. But look, the and at the end of the day, New York, New York is going as far as the Knicks go. They are concerned about the Knicks and the Knicks only. I just think that Brooklyn has a real chance to be a really legitimate threat and they could steal the hearts and minds. Very, let's say, a la Lakers Clippers. Well, I they, think, they have no, the no, no, ability no, 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 to no. do that. because the Lakers and Clippers cannot can can perform well enough to not be in the playing game. I don't think that the Knicks and the uh, and the Nets can can both perform to be inside of that um, playing game. I think the Nets' best hope is to be in the playing game. But what I do believe okay. is in the future that both major markets, the Lakers, the L.A. and New York, have two teams that can, um, within the next two to three years, next two years, be in the mix to where they're both outside that playing game as long as they are constructed properly and not lose the fact that you're not going to be a player in this in this game in this league without having um, um, a real major superstar. Okay. So 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 both New York teams need to get superstars. And the difference between New York and LA is LA has superstars. New York doesn't. They they've ensembled good teams without superstars. And what what they need to understand is is uh, the Brooklyn tried to make a super team. They didn't do a very good job in making, and and then and and this is the aftermath thereafter. Correct, but but that aftermath doesn't have to be a barren desert for the next five and, years. And only thing because they've talking. done a decent job at Correct. creating a team. So Correct. it's just about finding. And the markets are too great. And what, what's so disturbing is that these are the, the New York market is a phenomenal. Work. I lived out there; it's phenomenal. Uh, big name people would want to go there, but you have to swing big. You have to sit over here and um, be prepared to to give up to get. Yes, and I, the I Knicks get that. need to do that. You know, one of them. You know, I think the Knicks need to get Embiid. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but go ahead, go ahead. Well, wish on a star. Okay. Yeah, wish on a star. They had their opportunity, they missed it. Yeah, I just think that 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 each one of them, they, they've created nice, sound teams. Yes, get one superstar. You don't have to have a big two or big yes. three. They've get been looking to, for, to replace Patrick Ewing for eons, right? Patrick Ewing brought them to the wedding. But we didn't say I do. It was always, they were always the bridesmaid. They were always almost there. But he was never great. He was never MVP yeah. player. That's why MB fitting in New York yes. is that missing ingredient. I, I agree, but 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 guess what? The the million dollar thing is we'd have to they'd have to convince MB to uh to, to MB wanted to way. go. MB wanted to go. And this is what the deal is give up Randall and bring it, or give up Brunson. And get him beat over there. Now, with Brooklyn, because we're on Brooklyn, um, I don't know what they can do right now, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't have an answer for them, but there is an answer out there to round out this this, this, right. this roster, this roster. To, to, to get them 
outside of the play-in. And I don't I don't think we have a roster. Okay. I don't think we have an, even an organization at this point that can get them into the top three. But I do believe, because if they couldn't do it with KD and with, with the ensemble, they can't do it. I, but what I okay. do believe is to get them there to where they can get outside of the play-in into the actual playoffs, and then let's roll the dice and see where we're at. I just think that when I brought the analogy of to the Lakers Clippers, it's very simple to me. The the thing about the city's loving teams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The At the end of the day, L.A. are the prominent team in the West and then secondary uh, tag team team is the Clippers. My thought process is, is outside of Bridges, Brooklyn is a team that needs a superstar. And this is a team that's driven by superstars. And unfortunately, they don't have that superstar. So so until they do, and, you know, and here's what the reality is. Here's what the beautiful thing is, is we have now come upon the time in the season that is probably my most favorite because it gives teams hope. And that's when you sit over here and transition into um, free agency. And, and we have a free agency window that's going to sit over here and be about uh, four to five weeks or so. And, and we've just begun to scratch the surface of it. But if a team like Brooklyn, which I know that, that, that you see a lot of uh, And there's a lot of potential there. A lot of potential there. If they can sit over here and land... I don't think there are any free agents that are superstars that are available, but if you can um, fortify that team by by finding one more rock-solid individual, plug a, a, a specific hole that they have, this is a team that's not going to make a championship run. Right now, take a picture. They're not there. But this is a team that can move themselves from uh, the middle of the pack or to a that's hoping to get into the playing tournament and actually move themselves because the only difference between being in a play-in and being into the top eight, especially on the Eastern Conference, uh, is only three or four games. And those mm-hmm. three or four games can be made up in the next 50 games. And so, you know, at well, the end of the day uh, is they I... need to make a move to put themselves in that position. I'm not, I'm not, let's say, trumpeting the horn of uh, Brooklyn is like now a title contender. But what I would say is, is that... I hope not. No, they're not. What you have to say is, is that, you know, with Spencer Dinwiddie and company, uh, uh, Mikhail Bridges, mm-hmm. let me not say his name yeah. wrong, please. Uh, they actually are a threat in terms of just being a legitimate playoff team. They just are. We know Ben had the ability to be a superstar coming into this league. I don't know that he has truly made the choice to 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 grasp that that, that deal. But the reality yes. is, is what's exciting is, is we have two New York teams, just like we have two LA teams that are in the mix. Hey, before we get out of here, I need you guys to do me a quick favor. We've had a lot of fun today, but I need you to sit over here, like, subscribe, and download all, yes, of, all of our episodes. Sit over here and go back and listen. We've talked nothing but great NBA, yep. and, and you'll see how um, phenomenal and how you know we on the grindstone, and we're on the grindstone. Not just for us having fun drinking here and, and talking some basketball, but also for y'all. So like, subscribe, and download. Yep. Appreciate you. <laughs> we changing. Bang bang. bang.